Folks, I'm going to go immediately live to a press conference with Johnny Ray and the police commissioner of Suffolk County, Rodney Harrison. The city, Oklahoma. And that witness clearly recalls being picked up. She was a, a street walker. She gets picked up by Rex Ewerman, he, uh, in in Queens, and he drives, I think, near the, uh, the big center there in Queens, and he drives her into a park in Flushing, where he make, makes her keep her head down at all times, commit oral sex, and then he has a pistol in his hand and tells her, get out of the car or I'm going to kill you. And don't do anything except what I tell you to do or I'm going to kill you. So she gets out of the car and he tells her before he, she does, he tells her, I want you to pick up another person, another customer. She gets out of the car and immediately pulls up a, a, another SUV and a man driving it, an African-American man. And the, the guy that picks her up is white. And she gets in the other guy's car and the driver, Rex Ewerman, follows the car. They go finally get out of the car because she panics and pulls the wheel because she sees a cop car coming. So the cop sees them go jaggedy off the road and the cop stops them. The cop then goes back, talks to Rex and the other driver who gets out and walks back. Cop comes back and tells her, lady, if you want to make a complaint, you have to go to the precinct and drives away. That's her story. She also has no reason. She refuses to come forward. She refuses to have herself identified. I know her name. I know her address. I've given it to the police. They're aware of it. And presumably they're investigating it. Uh, you see the pattern. There's a pattern of a guy who likes to play kind of sporting games with, with the sex workers, chases them, haunts them, hunts them. That's what we're looking at here, we believe, anyway. Um, the fourth witness, and I'll finish on that, she comes from another state, and she's contacted me as well. I have very lengthy notes and recordings of what we discussed. She was a sex worker for many years, uh, back in the time when all of these killings were occurring, and she serviced Rex Ureman. She said that she would service Rex Ureman over 20 times, and that he would he was a serial user of sex workers. He would sometimes have them come two at a time to his house, and his wife was home upstairs, and in one instance got very angry at one of the sex workers because the wife believed that the worker had stolen an iron from, you know, for ironing clothes and had uh, had it in the car with the driver. So the driver had to get out. Everybody had to search the car. There was no iron. But the, the wife knew about it and knew about, obviously, what was going on in order for that to happen. So she says that in her experience with, with, with Ureman, he was never impolite. He was always nice. He was always funny. He, he treated her well, and there was no violence. But he certainly had contact with Rex constantly for a period of several years. That's as much as I'm able to tell you. There's plenty of other new evidence which I think it will take too long at this press conference to discuss. There's plenty of new other evidence that's similar in kind and consistent in, with the kinds of things that I've just described to you.
So with that thought, I'm hoping that the police department will continue <coughs> along with the, um, the task force, that they will continue to look into these things, investigate them thoroughly, make the synapses that haven't been made so far, connect them up and connect the dots as it were. And I think we're getting to where we want to go. Lastly, I am still working on this case. Today, I took Joseph Brewer's deposition, the John for Shannon Gilbert. I just finished it and came here. I'm still actively pursuing this case on my own, as well as cooperating with the police department and the task force. But for people out there who have information and are afraid to come forward to the police, they can talk to me. They can reveal whatever they want. I will reveal it to no one. I reveal these things with their permission, the things that I told you about. But anybody else that still has information, I'm available. My door is open. My phones are open. I can help you. Thank you. You know, I don't want to uh, make Rex Schumann the prime suspect. I, I will say this, and I'll, I'll share this over and over again. Uh, the creation of the task force uh, got us into a good place of being able to identify Rex for uh, three of the uh, sex workers that were discovered, and we're looking very good uh, for the fourth one. Uh, but we also added two more investigators to the task force to take this type of information in and to pursue it, to follow it, to see if this is credible. Uh, that's very important, and that's why uh, people don't understand. When I first came into this position, uh, I sat down with John Ray, uh, myself and the members of the task force, to have that conversation about information that he may have, and, and let's make sure we're uh, putting a, a dragnet out there regarding any information that's coming to us. That's why I'm going to continue my partnership with John, and if people have a reluctancy to come forward to law enforcement and they want to go to John Ray, then it's important that we take this information and then we follow forward with uh, furthering the investigation. So I'll, uh, it's still an ongoing investigation. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. But once again, is this, we have the information, we're working it, and uh, we'll see where it leads us down the road. Absolutely. And that's and that's a very good question. And uh, that's why I stand here today with John Ray. Uh, you know, people don't want to use our Crime Stoppers hotline and they feel a lot more comfortable going to John Ray or, or anybody else. You know, I, I want to make sure that people understand uh, that we have a job here as law enforcement, as the Suffolk County Police Department, to make sure we investigate every single uh, complaint or interest in this case. Uh, make sure that we look under every single stone to see if there is any connection to Rex Sherman or if there is a connection to somebody else that may be involved with the bodies that were discovered in Ocean Parkway. Have you heard about or known about the affidavit today? So we could go about uh, about a month and a half, uh, depending on two months, depending on each one. Uh, for one of the affidavits, I was actually sat down with the, the person myself that just shows you my vested interest in it, 
you know, listen, this is something that's very important to me. Uh, I'm going to continue to grind to make sure anybody that had an interaction with our defendant, Rex Sherman, is held accountable in this case. The uh, delivery cab driver. The taxi cab driver, yeah. That's the one with Shannon Gilbert. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Um, what year was that? 2007 or 2009? The, the taxi driver is 2009. The fall of 2009. And she is not absolutely certain of the time frame, but that's where it approximates. And that's where, Mary, that's where we're going to make sure we're doing our job and trying to nail down time frames, look at uh, radio runs and other things that can help us kind of pinpoint uh, if there is any credibility to these complaints that come forward, that came forward. And the commissioner did send two detectives to interview the other witness with me, uh, which, which we did already and, and uh, at length. Yes. Yeah, it was certainly a, a question we had to ask. Uh, you know, we have to ask many, many questions to test credibility. And, and I'm not saying that people would necessarily lie, although they might, but that they don't remember or they mix up facts with other, other situations, but to test all of those things. And so we had to test that too. And uh, in the one case with the, uh, the witness with the swapping, she, she just, she, it bothered her that they left behind this girl she had no other reason to think anything of it until she saw this. She actually broke down. She couldn't believe it when she saw the picture and knew that girl. Uh, and that, that happened there with the uh, taxi driver. The taxi driver did report it. The taxi driver uh, back in when this originally happened, she, she talked to her. Uh, she, her cousin was a cop. She spoke to her family. She spoke to other taxi drivers. She told a lot of people about it. And then she did contact Crime Stoppers and, and report it and actually talked to them twice, but nobody called her back. So that's before, long before the commissioner was involved. So she did come forward and she said, well, you know, she, when, when it got uh, reactivated, the issue, then she called me. Okay. So, you know, the way John explained it, and you got to just kind of take this into context, uh, she doesn't have a, a stake in the game. She's a um, cab driver at night, uh, had a profession during the day. You know, she's not necessarily from this neighborhood. So, you know, little things like that kind of piqued my interest. And uh, once again, is this, you know, why did she come forward and uh, her role and story and everything? It's, it's something that we need to take a closer look at and we need to make sure we're investigating it. And that's why the task force will stay in place. Uh, that's why we, we added more manpower to it. Uh, we're going to continue to work with our law enforcement partners and uh, see if there's any nexus to, um, uh, to our defendant, Rex Shearman. Or once again, like I said before, if there happens to be another subject out there, we'll we'll look at them as well and see if we can hold them accountable. And it was reported that uh, you guys are honing in on Valerie Mack and Karen Vergata in this case. Is it that 
Gilbert from the list of Well, it's all the uh, bodies I've discovered. Let's not rule out Peaches, the Tyler, the, the Asian male. I, you know, those were the names uh, that I shared with Tony, but it doesn't mean that uh, we're not continuing to look at all the bodies that were discovered there. But uh, the ones right now that uh, John has when it comes to uh, Ms. Vergata and when it comes to Ms. Gilbert are the ones that we're going to take a closer look at and see if they're connected to our defendant. Any on the yeah, so I, I know our district attorney should be doing an announcement uh, real soon, and uh, he'll keep you advised regarding if there's a, a nexus uh, to the uh, to the DNA that was recovered, and if there, if there is a match. So this witness one said that Rex had sex with both the woman, I think that was Regatta, and this other man, and I'm looking at the record. So knowing that indicates he's probably potentially bisexual, Listen, any, anything is possible, uh, but once again, is this, this is something that we need to investigate. And I'm sure everybody can understand uh, there's a judicial process still going on. There's uh, ongoing investigation now that this information has been provided to us. I can only share but so much, uh, but I will uh, reassure everybody here. We are not done with this investigation. I want to make sure that that's very clear. Well, I can't say he is, and I can't say he's not. I, he certainly reactivated interest in himself by what he did up on Bald Hill, uh, which, by the way, you should probably you probably know that it's a notorious place for men picking up other men. I've represented several clients from that hill for that very same thing, and Burke was a street-smart cop. He's even noted in his disciplinary record for being extremely street-wise. He would have known what goes on up on that hill, but he also would have known the risk he was taking, and he took it anyway. Burke, the risk taker, emerges, first of all. And second of all, Burke, who is interested in men, emerges, which is very much consistent with what I had said for years, that he was cross-dressing when he was with some of my clients, including uh, uh, Loretta Rickenbacker, uh, and that he had that other interest. Do, the, do those other interests matter? Sure they do. If you're going to look at the old police department and see wh why did Burke get to where he went so easily, could it be that there's more sexual in, improprieties on higher levels than we originally thought? It's something that should be looked into. We don't know. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. No. Yeah, she contacted me after she saw uh, Rex Uriman on TV and Shannon Gilbert. And then she contacted me and then I went to see her and w she's from not from this state. That I don't know. I can't say she claimed that. I, I don't. I honestly don't remember what, whether I asked her that or not. All right, sorry. Thank you, everybody. All right, thanks, everybody. We give you the uh, the affidavits. Wow, 
folks, I tuned into that. I got a um, uh, I got an email from um, Kim Alliston. Thank you so much, Kim, for apprising me of that. I came in late, but when I saw the press conference was live, I mean, uh, crazy details. I mean, things that we've never heard of before. And if true, um, again, I, I saw Lieutenant Pete Pranzo in the chat commenting uh, more missteps from the past. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, huge missteps from the past. And uh, how do you correct um how do you correct things like that? Um, very difficult. But the, some of the things that um, Johnny Ray, that very colorful uh, attorney, <laughs> some of you guys were commenting about his attire. Uh, uh, I I said at one time he dresses like someone in a Dr. Seuss book. But um, he's his heart is in the right place. You know, he's in, trying to investigate this case and uh, finding out things perhaps that the police didn't know, uh, never knew, and uh, never had the, the information. But again, some of this stuff can be somewhat outrageous because, um, and again, I tuned in um, rather late in, in, the, in the investigation, excuse me, in the press conference. So I didn't hear, but I, I heard some information when I first tuned in from Johnny Ray that uh, there was a man and a woman came to Rex Ewerman's house and his wife was involved in the activity also and she refused to have um, to be with an African-American woman let me put it that way and Rex apparently was with a man so this is new information that if true um, opens up a whole other Pandora's box of potentiality for for Rex Ewerman. That is he, uh, it, it, now we have that he's bisexual. Could he possibly uh, have been, you know, seeking uh, escorts of both sexes? And again, some of these investigations and some of these allegations go back many, many, many years. And again, Lieutenant Pete Pranzo in the chat said that, uh, again, shows some real big mistakes from the Suffolk County uh, Police Department. Uh, and, you know, again, remember how quickly they dismissed that Essa Ellerup was involved at all? And I thought that was a little bit strange. And I have nothing but... 1,000% respect um, for Rodney Harrison. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I think he's um, he's doing what he should be doing. He's given credence um, to the information that Johnny Ray is bringing forth, even though some of the information, and I always felt this about um, Johnny Ray, was that some of this information could be uh, self-serving self-serving in the way that he's keeping this uh this case alive that he's trying to keep his name out uh out in the public and so i i don't know but the the least that you can do as an investigator is to reinvestigate uh what's being said reinvestigate uh and again i came in late so i can't 
quote everything verbatim, but he was saying some things about Shannon Gilbert, about Karen Vergata, a case which goes back, I believe, Karen Vergata case goes back to 1996. So many, many, many years ago, and I don't know, in fact, because, again, I tuned in late. Uh, I was surprised by uh, uh, Kim, Kim Alliston that uh, there's a live press conference, and I just jumped on my computer and, and went live immediately. Uh, if these, if any of these allegations or any of these uh, witnesses that came forth through Johnny Ray are true, then absolutely they must be reinvestigated, reinvestigated immediately. And they have to uh, re-interview the witnesses um, and see if what they have, you know, when you, when you check to see if a witness is credible, some of the things we use in law enforcement, I always use that crazy acronym, NIATWI. And the first one is is when, where, who, what, how, and why. Every witness, every investigation you do must pass that test. And you must ask all those questions. When, where, who, what, how, and why. Because many people will not know the when. So does the when, not knowing the when, impact on their credibility? Absolutely, it can, not, but not 100%. So the when, the where, the who, the what, the how, and the why. You know, why is the person coming forward? What took this person so long to come forward? Does the fact that they're come f coming forward now impinge upon their credibility? Uh, so, you know, I have lots of questions. And again, the only way you get answers to your questions is to ask questions. And then those questions get answers, and then you get more questions until you build build a ladder of suspicion, you build a ladder of facts, of circumstances, of witnesses, of whether the witnesses are in fact credible. Grace Green, great detectives never stop. Gratitude for them. Absolutely, Grace. But again, this is coming from uh, a an attorney, uh, Johnny Ray, who represented the family of... Uh, of Shannon Gilbert, who we see that he said he just uh, finished a deposition with the John involved in the Shannon Gilbert case. So this case, again, now it doesn't get any simpler. It gets more difficult, more convoluted. Now the, the investigators have to go back and look and figure out if this information be given today in this press conference uh, by Johnny Ray, is it is it credible? And how do we check whether it's credible or not? Well, by verifying the when, the where, the who, the what, the how, and the why, you know? And who are these people coming forward? You heard him use the expression, uh, Rodney Harrison, I believe, used the expression, she has no ax to grind. And that's why it makes me very interested in what she had to say. Uh, so when we look at all of these uh, victims, we look at these these memes, Megan Waterman, Jessica Taylor, Valerie Mack, Amberlynn Costello, Melissa Bartolome, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, the unidentified Asian male, Shannon Gilbert, 
And of course, what they have in com common is, is Gilgo. Uh, so th though the area, the area of detail, uh, like, of course, we get back to the investigation. We talk about his burner phones, you know, and uh, think of all of the um, voluminous amounts of evidence that they, that they recovered. The green Chevy Avalanche. You know, some of the things we can connect dots to. Others, there's some brand new information coming forth from this attorney, Johnny Ray. And um, it'll be the job of the Suffolk County Police, of the Suffolk County investigators, to determine um, what of this is, uh, is credible and what is just not. Root trackers by Yara. So there is most likely some connection to Burke. Now that we know about the swinging and bisexuality behaviors, you know, that has to be uh, verified. It has to be because um, Johnny Ray said it because some other um, witnesses said it. Yeah, we have to verify that somehow. Obviously, Burke is not going to talk. But how many witnesses can we verify where Burke was at certain times, certain places. Uh, so yeah, all of this stuff is quite quite important. Again, and must be investigated. Uh, old school baseball guy, I wish they would take another look at Lieutenant Michael Murphy of Suffolk County Police Department for the murders of Colleen, Rita, and Senna. Uh, yeah, this is the old school baseball guy. I don't want to throw a whole other investigation into this. We're talking about the Rex Schuerman case right now. Uh, and I understand why you're concerned with that. However, this is just some um, really blockbuster information coming forth. If it's true, we don't know if there's any truth behind this, you know. And there, right now, of course, they have the Gilgo Four. They're talking about the Gilgo Four, and we know that they have cases. Here's, here's the Gilgo Four. Uh, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa Bartellome, Amberlynn Costello, Megan Waterman. And I believe they're still trying to build the case against uh, Rex Schuman based on uh, evidence in the Maureen Brainerd Barnes case. But they have the evidence they believe they need for Melissa Bartellome, Amberlynn Costello, and Megan Waterman. So now, when we spoke about how many other cases can they possibly have uh, on Rex Schumann? If this information turns out to be true, then there may be ways to connect, connect the dots, to get this information, to interview more witnesses. And again, now, does this now implicate Essa Ellerup? And again, folks, as you know, I came on the air basically a half, less than a half hour ago. So you can see I've been live for 27 minutes and 30 seconds. So I missed the first 15 minutes of the press conference. And Johnny Ray, of course, the attorney for um, Shannon Gilbert, the Gilbert family, uh, he was um, holding the press conference and uh, talking about all of the evidence and the people, the witnesses coming forward to him, uh, to him and giving him information about this case. Uh, 
So we don't know. It ha the information and the evidence has yet to be vetted. Uh, so that's going to be something that's going to be up to the police. But you see how willing Rodney Harrison is um, to verify this information, to um, to check on it, to, to, to vet the information, if you will. Because it, many people... I think over the years wanted nothing to do with speaking to Johnny Ray, uh, instead thinking that his uh, information was self-serving and perhaps uh, not, not credible. However, Rodney Harrison, to his credit, is willing to talk to, talk to Johnny Ray. In fact, he attended the press conference. There you go. There's Johnny Ray on the screen right now, quite a colorful guy. That's one of his least colorful outfits that he wears. Um, not the most, um, uh, not not the most conservative dresser, but uh, uh, he he's the one that that held the press conference today, and he worked, of course, for the family of Shannon Gilbert, and we all we know that case. Uh, and the commonality of all of these cases, of course, were that. The victims involved were uh, were escorts, you know, and um, he's now because he's been in the media so much. There's a picture of Shannon Gilbert. Uh, because he's been in the media so much, because he's been out there so much, giving information that people are willing to come forward and to speak with him. Uh, um, uh, Melissa. Martin, uh, what Rex Human's wife said when police told her was so strange. I thought she knew more or was involved in some way. Well, you know, I was a little bit um, uh, thorn blade as lash. I get the impression original investigators didn't give these crimes the proper attention based on some cops being involved in prostitution, but not murder per se, but reputations, credibility. Thornblade is lash. I agree with you. I think the investigation of this case left a lot to be desired. Uh, and as a result, potentially we could come up with more uh, information now that will uh, potentially lead to things that they had never found out before. And again, on this, I'm going to put on the screen uh, Chief J James Burke. That's on the screen, Chief James Burke, who did four years in prison uh, for beating up a uh, a perpetrator who stole something out of his car, apparently, allegedly a sex tape. And then recently he, um, he was involved in going into some park in Suffolk County and committing some type of uh, lewd act. And um, so... Is he um, is he now being considered um, in this investigation uh, a suspect, or can they can they verify any of the evidence that's being put forth by any of the witnesses that are speaking to Attorney Johnny Ray, the gentleman over there with the uh, uh, with the red jacket? Um, so I I don't know, and that's again. You heard some of the questions that the media was asking. 
you know, can you verify this information? Who told you this information? When was this? So, so much research has already gone into this case, but so much research remains now that um, Roger Sill, why can't they, or why won't they interview Essa Ellerup? Well, Roger, right now, Essa Ellerup is represented by counsel, so she can, the police cannot speak to her unless an attorney gives permission, her attorney gives permission, and unless he's present. And no attorney worth their salt is going to allow their client to speak to the police in a circumstance like this. No way on earth. Uh, Marianne Knapp, I believed in Attorney Ray from day one. Now, now, day one, how a couple sent pizza to his house. Creepy. There's a lot of creepy things about this case. You know, uh, Bella Finn, Elsa probably making a deal. She will sell out her monster husband. You know, I always felt um, I, I could I didn't say that she was involved, but I felt she had to know that he was doing something. Because how do you live with a monster like that and not know that he's doing some egregious, egregious things? Uh, Jerry Donaldson Sellers, maybe some people will feel like they can speak to him because he doesn't look or act like an attorney. Some people have a negative opinion of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, some people may not feel uh, confident with coming forth and speaking with the police. So what's the next best thing or the best thing to someone that perhaps is a reluctant witness um, is to speak to an attorney? Sharon Reynolds, I've been emailing Johnny Ray. He's been with the family from day one. It's sad because her mom has passed away, but I believe in Johnny Ray must have some sort of evidence. Well, Sharon, it's not that her mother was passed has passed away. Her mother was murdered by Shannon Gilbert's sister. So there's dysfunction at every level of this case, including, of course, the family that jo Johnny Ray represents, the, uh, the Gilbert family. Um, I was trying to pull up a picture of the family, but um, so again, so now what, what do we do now? What do we do? We, we start all over. Uh, Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders agree. Bill, Miss Rex Schumann will never speak. She had to know something involved in actual, who knows, Lieutenant Pete. I always believed that, you know, she couldn't live with this guy for all these years without knowing something, and I'll use a New York word, was fugazi, you know, that something wasn't right with him and that she tacitly accepted his behavior. And now maybe more than tacitly, maybe there was some involvement. If she was having relations with some of these call girls that he now we know he brought them to his house if these witnesses are to believe that he brought. so. Now we also, there's a possibility that uh, there is going to be some forensic evidence in that house. A good possibility, right? Um, so, again, amazing. Uh, and, and I apologize for not getting it here in time. And I thank Kim Allison for apprising me of the fact that there's a press conference on right now in regards to the Rex Schumann case. It sort of came out of left field. I didn't know about it. 
you know, you can't sit by your computer 24 seven, you have to have a life, you know? And, um, so I, Kim Allison, let me know that she's one of our moderators, a great friend, family of police off the cuff. And, uh, again, what, even the fact that Johnny Ray has the credibility, uh, um, to, to have a press conference and all of these stations, I think CBS News was the one uh, that hosted it. And he gave forth all of this information. Quite interesting. Uh, now, the next thing, of course, you're going to see is um, Ray Tierney, who, who, again, I always, I always said from the beginning of this investigation, he's never met a camera that he didn't like. And uh, I, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit that he wasn't on this press conference or in this press conference. So um, there's there's a lot more to this. Of course, Rodney Harrison kept pointing to the um, Gilgo Beach Task Force. The task force is alive and well, and they will interview some of the folks. In fact, detectives went with Johnny Ray to interview uh, one of the witnesses very recently. Yeah, I'm going to pull up another picture of Johnny Ray so you can get a, an idea of his outrageous sense of color. <laughs> Purple hat, blue tie, gray suit, bluish gray shirt. Uh, I don't know if he's wearing blue jeans there, but he's got some sense of fashion. Um, so, again, this is um, breaking news. And they kept referring in the press conference to, um, to Karen Vergata. And that would have been the oldest case. If uh, again, I'll pull up the picture on the screen. She was recently identified through uh, DNA analysis. So they were implying that this may have been uh, one of Rex Schumann's uh, first first uh, murders, and this occurred twenty seven years ago. So. Uh, and again, based on this press conference, none of the information that Johnny Ray put forth it has been verified. It has not been verified yet. But uh, there you go. So this was an update. Uh, and again, this 27 years ago. And this would have been, I believe, one of the first cases if they can connect Rex Ewerman to this case. And then we hear other facts or other allegations uh, um, made by the witnesses that Johnny Ray has interviewed. Um, Thorn Bladers, yes, great show, chock full of info. Hit that like and subscribe. Well, thank you guys again. I'm I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, I got um, got to the press conference a little bit late. There were others more. On the spot, and I, I was I was a little bit. I'm not going to say I was remiss, but I just wasn't sitting by my computer in the nick of time in regards to this case. So, what does this mean then for this case? What does it mean? Well, what it means is that uh, there's a lot more investigation to do. There's going to have to be uh, the police actually going out. With Johnny Ray, let's go out with Johnny Ray and see who he's interviewing. Let's see if we can verify 
with the information we have, if we can cross-check it against what they're saying. Sharon Reynolds, watching some of these murders that's on homicide holidays in New York, somewhere in Manhattan. As you, Bill, appeared on the show, could Rex be involved in some of these crimes? You know, Sharon, I don't shut the door on anything that Rex Schumann may have possibly been involved in, but that's why... When they made the arrest in this case, the first thing we said, and the investigators that have our kind of experience said was, this is going to take years to sort this out. This is going to take thousands and thousands more man hours of investigation to check. Remember I said when we were covering this investigation, they got to check every place he's ever traveled to, every place, every state he's been to. Anytime he stayed anywhere other than his home. And again, the information, the evidence, I don't even think they've scratched the surface of the evidence yet. And one of the ways, remember we spoke about souvenirs and trophies. They don't even know, based on the, the search warrants, what were souvenirs, what were potential trophies unless they display them to the public and someone could recognize that and say, oh, that is so-and-so's, or that belongs to so-and-so. They will, won't know that until, and that takes so much time, so much effort, and it's, believe me, it's, uh, when we, you talk about the size of the investigation, just, just incredible. And we look back here, you know, you look up on the screen, let me just take... Um, take Sharon off the screen for a second, and I respect all your comments, you guys. Thank you for making them. Uh, Bella Finn, he's lived in the family property his whole life as if he wouldn't uh, have known all the officers. Well, he lives in Nassau County, and that's the county adjoining Suffolk County. The bodies were dumped on Gilgo in Suffolk County, and some close, I think two, uh, were dumped in Nassau County. But Suffolk County has this jurisdiction. So where he was committing the crimes and where he was dumping the bodies are potentially two different things. And that's why so many law enforcement agencies are involved in this case. Uh, uh, route trackers by Yara. I saw most of the conference, the detective speaks fast. It's something that needs to be played and dissected. Well, uh, root trackers, it wasn't a detective, it was an attorney, Johnny Ray. Um, uh, the African-American man was Rodney Harrison, who is the Suffolk County uh, police commissioner, former NYPD chief of detectives, former NYPD chief of department, a man for whom I have nothing but respect for, an outstanding investigator, a real cop, real street cop. Some people that reach the ranks of uh, police commissioner or chief of detectives or chief of department, they were a lot of them were bookworms. They went to the library, they were in the police academy or wherever, and they studied. He didn't do that. He was out in the street. He passed all the tests, and he moved up because he's a he's a real street cop that became a big boss. Deborah Barron, Mary Murphy from Pix Eleven did a report on Tina Foglia. She was found in three garbage cans. I'm not totally familiar with that case right now, whether it's connected to this or not. Again, all of that will take a great deal of uh, investigation. 
Um, and again, I was sort of, and many of you guys were too blindsided by this. Did we expect this press conference in the middle of the day today? Uh, I don't think so. But now that we have it, it sort of, um, it makes this case a little more exciting, a little more, you know, as if it did, as if it needed, <laughs> as, as if it needed more excitement or more intrigue or more mystery. Now it's got it. Now it's got all of those things. And it, I mean, at least um, for the true crime community, it um, it really it really puts it out there. Um, Legal-minded friends, Karen Cole, um, Ray did an interview with Harvard lawyer Lee months ago saying that he was working with the police. Well, one of the things, Karen, and thank you for your comment, is that Rodney Harrison from day one welcomed Johnny Ray into the fold and said, I'll, I'll take any information you have, anything you've found out, any witnesses you've come across, we'll take them, we'll interview them, we'll, we'll, take, we'll see if they're credible. We're not dismissing you. Uh, they brought him into the fold, which a good investigator will do. And will there be a point where an inv the investigators will say, all right, his information's not credible? Well, could that happen? It could happen, but I don't think they'll do that. Because I think, look, he's done a lot of work on this case. Do you know, is there anyone we know that knows this case better than uh, than Johnny Ray? Other than, of course, the police, the investigators. But this case could go a lot of different ways, you know, a lot of different ways. And a lot of um, new twists, new turns. Um, uh, so, again, w the determining thing that, that, that I always fi find a little strange is um, Essa Ellerup, uh Rex Schumann's wife. Is she involved? Is she not involved? And again, from the beginning, they dismissed her involvement rather quickly. I somehow questioned that. Uh, not that she was specifically involved, but how did they dismiss it so quickly? How did they feel confident that she was not involved? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they could do it. Um, Rachella Pranzo, Rachella, good to see you. Ray worked diligently for the Gilbert family. I'm praying they get some answers and peace for Shannon. Rachella, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's um, that is a, that is a mystery. That case, you can either believe the um, Johnny Ray's version of it, or you can believe the police version of it. It's it is a real mystery. A lot of twists and turns in that. A lot of questions that have no answers. Um, and sometimes when you have questions that have no answers, what do you do? Uh, you go back and do it over. You start all over. You go back to the beginning. Uh, Sharon Reynolds, what if the wife accepted gifts that could be from victims and didn't take anything at the time till now? Well, you know something? This is also the first time. Uh, remember how we spoke about all of Rex Human's guns? How many guns he has? I think there was over. Uh, the New York Times said he had 274 guns. I don't know if that's verified. The New York Times uh, put that out, so I have to uh, 
they're one of the most respected news organizations. So I'd have to say, all right, that could be potentially accurate. And then Johnny Ray was saying in a couple of these crimes, a couple of these meetings with escorts, he pulled a gun. So did he ever shoot anyone? That could be a totally different MO, a totally different modus operandi. Because we never, other than him owning guns, uh, we didn't uh, hear anything about any guns. Generally, Donaldson sells. I don't think Rodney Harrison would be wasting time with Johnny Ray if he didn't believe some of what he says. Mr. Harrison is the real deal. Yep, yeah, you know, I believe that too. I absolutely believe it because, you know, many times uh, detectives, um, they're very cynical and they want to dismiss things uh, right away. Uh, but it, clearly, this is the police commissioner. He's entertaining an attorney who's saying things perhaps against their investigation, things that they haven't heard before, but yet he's giving Johnny Ray, Johnny Ray, he's given him the respect of telling his story, of telling everyone what he knows. And again, there's Johnny Ray on the screen right there, uh, always colorful, his red jacket and his... Uh, his tie, which is, uh, and again, in this picture, always wearing uh, contrasting colors, but uh, that doesn't uh, speak anything about his, his ability as an attorney. Um, yeah, it's, it, this, this, is, this is sort of blindsided new information, new information that we never expected, new information that uh, he kept going on TV shows. He was on News Nation a few times. And uh, I could tell that many of the uh, news reporters were quite skeptical in believing uh, what he was saying. So if the news reporters were skeptical, what do you think the um, what do you think the police? You think they're a little bit skeptical? I think I think so. You know, I think they're gonna be tremendously skeptical about the information he is bringing forward. And again, the idea is to vet the information. Go and see if you can prove it or disprove it or come up with uh, people that will verify the information. That's what an investigation is all about. And uh, at this point, um, we don't have anything, you know. Are more bodies linked? To Rex Schumann, um, I always felt from day one uh, that yet yeah, the answer is yes. That uh, and I, I had guests on our show, Dr. Joni Johnson, a forensic psychologist, said that she would have fo uh, found it a little bit uh, bizarre had um, he started, you know, in his his. He's now, uh, I guess, it was 59, if, that he started in his middle 40s. She thought that, yeah, he started much younger than that. So what does that mean? Well, what that means is that we need a hell of a lot more investigation because uh, he didn't just one day become a serial killer, you know? So um, it's... Uh, it's baffling. And again, um, 
it's it's just more and more and more thorn bladers lash absolutely there are more and more victims uh guys are saying hello to each other in the chat that's great folks this is police off the cuff real crime stories if you like real crime true crime from a police perspective then you're in the right place and um if you're not subscribed to us go on our youtube hit that subscribe button give us a thumbs up and ring that bell and if you want to uh contribute to us we have a patreon with three different levels and we also have a youtube channel membership with count them five different levels and uh you see the folks in the font with uh, the excuse me in the chat with the green font they're part of our youtube family friends and uh subscribers and we really appreciate everything that they're doing sharon reynolds you've been uh quite active today what has James Burke said about all that this really when he was linked with some of the sex workers, maybe Shannon Gilbert, would would he have had her shut up? Well, Sharon, we don't know. You got to remember, James Burke was a police chief. He's not going to talk to the police, period. Period. He knows not to do that. So he's saying nothing. Can they implicate him? Do they have any evidence against him in regards to any of these things? I don't doubt anything that could happen at this point. I don't doubt any culpability of James Burke, but you need something called evidence. And I'm not saying that against you, but I'm saying that, it, do they have a nexus? Do they have evidence showing that James Burke was involved? At this point, I don't think so. But if they do, surely they will bring it forth and uh, they'll try to build a case against them. But right now, they, all the information they have are just allegations. There's no um, there's no uh, other things but allegations. And again, uh, this was a press conference coming out of uh, Johnny Ray giving all this information. I could see that I was trying to read Rodney Harrison's body language during this press conference. And I could see that... Um, some of the stuff he he wasn't buying it you know but others he was taking in and you know we got to check that out you know and he kept referring to the task force and the task force that oh i added two or three detectives more to the task force because there's a hell of a lot more investigation that's got to happen and uh as he's hearing this information coming forth from johnny ray he's probably is his mind is spinning as to, oh, how are we going to check this out? You know, uh, how how are we going to vet this? How are we going to find out if that's true, not true? Uh, so believe me, he is looking into this. He is not one. Look, there were many, many mistakes made in the past. And we look at that little Gilgo Beach map there. And perhaps some of the mistakes that were made were because the effort wasn't put into this case because these were escorts. And did the detectives not value their life uh, as much as they would a uh, a secretary or a school teacher? Or, uh, and I don't know that the answer to that. I, I know the way 
New York City police detectives investigate things, and they don't care who you are. They, they go give their best efforts because you're a human being. It hurts me even to think that that could be a possibility because when you raise your right hand and swear to uphold the Constitution of the state of New York and uphold the Constitution of the Suffolk County, which in this case, most of these detectives are of Suffolk County. That's what they pledged to do, you know, and to think that uh, they would do anything else but that is is disturbing. And you you would want them to uh, put forth, of course, their best, their best, I almost said best, <laughs> their best efforts. Shannon Gilbert, you know, that this was the catalyst. This was the case. Uh, this was the case that, really uh, made the, the police get involved and really put them um, put them on uh, on the other bodies that they were they looked for they were forced to look for so it's she again that that, that case in Oak Beach Island uh, you know Oak Beach years ago there used to be a big inn there called the Oak Beach Inn and all the People from all over Long Island would go there. It was on, on the ocean side. It was a beautiful club. No longer there. Uh, I want to play a little bit of this from W. They're human beings. And I know Amber was so much more, and I miss her terribly. This is a PIX11 news special. Hunt, the Gilgo Beach serial killer. I'm Mary Murphy on Gilgo Beach, where a serial killer investigation was launched more than a dozen years ago. Four dead women who came to be known as the Gilgo Four were discovered here in the brush off Ocean Parkway in December 2010. Now police say they finally found the murderer. He was living a double life. He had a wife, he had two kids, nice uh, job as, a, as an architect. And Rex Hewerman, 59, probably never expected to be surrounded by cops in Midtown as he left work on a Thursday evening. Rex, did you do it? Still wearing the same khakis, the towering suspect was accused of being the Gilgo Beach, Long Island serial killer known as Lisk, who eluded law enforcement for more than a dozen years. But you were aware that he was patronizing other sex it, workers? It certainly appeared as though he was, yes. While investigators in white Tyvek suits immediately descended on Hewerman's lifelong home in Massapequa Park, armed with search warrants, the suspect was initially charged with murdering three of the Gilgo Four, Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, and Amber Costello, all petite online escorts who were discovered dead in 2010 with another escort, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, in the brush off Ocean Parkway. The only thing I can tell you that he did say uh, as he was in tears was, I didn't do this. Three of the sex workers were bound in burlap, and Hewerman was named the prime suspect in the murder of the fourth, Brainerd Barnes. Forensic psychiatrist Dr. Park Deese consulted on the case of serial killer Joel Rifkin, another Long Island resident, and spoke to us about Hewerman's arrest. The most common sexual motive for serial killings is sexual sadism. Becoming the god to that victim is the offender's uh, primal goal. The architect's neighbors on First Avenue in Massapequa Park were stunned that the hulking Hewerman hid the alleged crimes for so long. 
A map showing Wontaw Parkway near his home reveals how easily he could have driven to Ocean Parkway, close to the Jones Beach Exchange. He grew up there as, from a, as a kid with his parents. Many thought that Hewerman's house was an eyesore. Detectives said they found hundreds of guns locked in a vault in the house, and fairly soon they were searching storage facilities nearby. Are there body parts or things that we need to take a look at? Are there trophies of some of the victims that, uh, unfortunately, that he stored in that location? The crucial break in the case had come last year from a new interview with Amber Costello's roommate and pimp, who said a John had come to their house in Babylon on September 1st, 2010, the day before she vanished, and the client, described as ogre-like, was driving a green Chevy Avalanche. Six weeks later, on March 14th, 2022, the name Rex Hurman was first mentioned as a suspect in the Gilgo case. Not only did he own the Chevy Avalanche, but he, he matched the physical description. During a Google search of old maps, investigators discovered a green Chevy Avalanche parked outside Ewerman's house in plain sight. And now a former escort is coming forward to say she talked about true crime investigations with Rex Ewerman during a date. Long Island stylist Nicole Brass appeared on Cuomo. And I said, well, have you heard of the Gilgo Beach murders? Like his body language kind of changed and like his eyes were like as if he was in a different place. Like he was picturing it all over again. Like, it was weird. He almost kind of made the victims like seem like people who didn't matter. Huerman's wife has now filed divorce papers, which were not contested. The wife's sister, Johanna, spoke briefly to Pix11 News from her long. You know, folks, this information by Johnny Ray that potentially, uh, at least in the dating of escorts, that Essa Ellerup, the wife of Rex Schumann, could potentially be involved. How does that change things? How does that change things? Or does it change things? Or does it not change things? As I mentioned earlier, the police lost the opportunity, or maybe they did interview Essa Ellerup already, but they can no longer interview her because she is represented uh, by counsel. Long Island home. We don't know anything. We're hearing about most of it on the news ourselves. So we, we're just going to refrain from saying anything. And there are more revelations about the people Rex Hewerman did work for. Aside from contracts with New York City and Target, documents reveal he received $200,000 from former President Donald Trump's company to renovate office space at a downtown building. The revelations just reinforce investigators' beliefs that the serial killer suspect lived two lives. Dr. Dietz said he would like to know if the burly Hewerman was bullied in his childhood. Law enforcement wants to know if the suspect is connected to six other Ocean Parkway victims, some of them dismembered. It could be that they are all linked or that some are linked. It would be quite a coincidence to have another serial killer working in the same area at the same time, but it's happened before. Families of the victims who lived in upstate cities or out of state had to fight to get the attention of law enforcement because the women were categorized as sex workers. Relatives of the victims often held vigils here and demanded they get treated with dignity. Now they've seen the face of the accused killer. He just looks like a cold monster. And in, in his eyes, I mean, you can just see that it's like a sociopath.
Victim Amber Costello's aunt watched the serial killer case unfold from her home in North Carolina. Other families somberly followed District Attorney Ray Tierney into court when the gruesome indictment was unsealed. One of them was the younger sister of victim Alyssa Bartholomew. The sister was just 15, according to family, when the accused killer made taunting phone calls in 2009 using Bartholomew's cell phone. Is this Melissa's little sister? That's how he started out the conversation. Is this Melissa's little sister? And she answered yes. Megan Waterman's daughter was just three when her mother disappeared. This surveillance shows Megan Waterman, just 22, in the early hours of June 6, 2010, shortly before she left the Holiday Inn Express in Hog, Long Island, to meet a client. Prosecutors say that John was architect Rex Hewerman, based on calls from a burner phone he allegedly bought the day before Waterman met her demise. And for each of the murders, he got an individual burner phone, and he used that to communicate with the victims. Amber Costello, 27, was the last of the Gilgo Four to disappear. Court papers indicate her roommate and pimp tried to act like an outraged boyfriend when the suspect allegedly showed up at their Babylon rental on September 1st, 2010, looking for sexual services. They wanted to rip them off. Hewerman allegedly texted Amber Costello saying, that was not so nice. Do I get credit for next time? Her roommate watched her leaving the house the next day, taking nothing with her. He was really worried because when she went out the door, she didn't take her purse or her cell phone. He was like, you're forgetting them. And she said, I'm not gonna need them. Amber Costello's body was discovered three months later with the Gilgo Four on Ocean Parkway. He's huge. He's, none of these girls stood a chance against him. The Long Island serial killer investigation involved painstaking phone analysis, the search for better DNA technology, and the hope that a tip would come in that would change everything. The Gilgo Beach Task Force tracked Rex Hewerman for more than a year with physical and digital surveillance. A 32-page court affidavit claimed prosecutors had images of Hewerman buying extra minutes on his burner phones, hoping they weren't traceable. But experts did eventually trace his burners, they say, and some victims' phones to cell sites near Hewerman's place of work in Midtown Manhattan and four cell towers in Massapequa Park that were close to his home. Mary Murphy, had, uh, I think she did one of the best reports on this case of uh, probably any reporters that covered this. That was really outstanding. Uh, I think, and actually, I believe she's married to a New York City detective, so it would make sense that uh, she did, did such an incredibly um, great job and uh, precise, all the information is uh, right on. And uh, not all the news stations reported that. So, folks, I'm on today, and uh, it's because of um, that press conference. And right now, one of the things we always have to realize is that the victims, of course, we always speak about the victims. And the Gilgo Four, known as Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa Bartolome, Amberlynn Costello and Megan Waterman. And then the other victims, uh, 
at least six, maybe seven other victims that potentially could be tied to Rex Ewerman. And that's what some of this information from Johnny Ray may tell us, may give us the information that we need to potentially charge him with other cases. But for right now, it's not all the information that Johnny Ray has. And that's, guys, if you haven't heard the name Johnny Ray, that's him on the screen to the right wearing that red jacket. Uh, here's, here he is here. He was the attorney for Shannon Gilbert's family. Uh, he's been with this case pretty much from the beginning. He's coming up with some information that in this press conference that uh, is a little bit unusual, to say the least. Um, again, can they connect Rex Schumann to Karen Vergata? We don't know. Anyway, folks, we're going to stay with this case, of course. And uh, I just before I, uh, before I say goodbye, I just want to say if you're looking for an attorney in the New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe is a retired NYPD police officer and a fantastic defense attorney, and you can get a hold of Joe on his cell phone at 718-514-3855. Email him at joe at jmurray-law.com or go on his website, jmurray-law.com. Joe's not just a fabulous defense attorney, but a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast, and we appreciate everything he does. And I just want to give a special Shout out today. I had no intention of coming on the air today, but Kim Alliston uh, emailed me and said, there's a live press conference right now on the Gilgo Beach case. So I want to, Kim, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, it, it's not always so easy to co go right on and just improv, but uh, luckily I'm able to do that. But Kim, thank you so much. It was really nice of you to let me know that. So we got our tentacles are out all over the world. From London, from Great Britain, from across the pond, Kim Alliston sent me an email and, and got me to go on the air. So, folks, we're going to be covering this case. We're going to be looking at this case, and we'll see if anything comes true in regards to this uh, press conference, in regards to the information that Johnny Ray has just put forward. So, folks, have a great day. I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. Till the next time, be safe out there. One episode, just ain't enough.